0: Welcome to That's Anita Live, the talk show dedicated to providing emotional healing to help you create a happier life. This episode, I am joined by Jackie Lyon, a oh my, a survivor, somebody who has just uh, taken us here in the studio by storm. We snatched her up, put her in a chair, mic'd her, and said, "You're going to do this interview." Because I, I okay, let's start from the top. Okay. One, just moved here? Yes. Two, okay, where did you find out that you had been diagnosed with breast cancer?
1: Two weeks after moving here. Wow. I came here for a new life, and I got a new life. (laughs) (laughs) Not the one I planned, but a new life nevertheless. Did you have any physical ailments? Um, Yes, but just very recent, and they just went fast, and so the whole thing started fast, and here I am. So what did you feel? Physically, Mm -hmm. Um, well, I I have breast cancer. And so um, a little change, physical change to my breast, size and, and texture, et cetera, and some discoloring. So for the
0: viewers that are watching the women who do not get mammograms on a regular basis,
1: what would you say to them? Get it twice a year, twice a year. They say once a year is all you need, But if you uh, really read on the medical articles, they say twice a year, because cancer can escalate really fast, and before you know it, it's spread. And mine is very aggressive, so twice a year.
0: When you found out
1: you'd only been here two weeks,
0: Mm -hmm. were you even completely moved in yet?
1: Um, Yes, because I'm actually like, And I just go so I was moved in but I was also traveling I had a trip to New York for my birthday I had a trip to Florida for something else and I was going 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 which I always do Um, but yes I was moved in and I found that out and I just had to spend the rest you know the rest of the year really from October to December um, getting tests all kinds of tests because first reaction Um, You know, they say you always remember what you were doing and where you were when you get the news. Mm -hmm. And I had just come back from a vacation (laughs) (laughs) and I was in my kitchen making breakfast and I get the phone call from the director of the the Department of Women in the hospital to let me know what happened. And when he asked me if my doctor had called, if the technician had called, if so and so had called, and I said, no, 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 I knew it was bad news because he was calling. So I, I said, wait, stop for a minute. I'm not ready to change my life just yet. Give me a second. Let me enjoy my life. I said, I know it right now. Mm-hmm. And then I took a deep breath and I said, okay, give it to me. And I already knew what he was going to say.
0: First person you told?
1: First person I told. I, and this is probably very unorthodox. I didn't pick up the phone and cry to anybody. I didn't want the pity party. I didn't want the sympathy. I didn't want the worry. So I just um, finished making breakfast for my mother, who I take care of, and fed my dogs. And then I just wrote a text. And I know that seems very impersonal, but I wanted to lighten the news a little bit by doing it in that impersonal, casual way. And I just said to everybody, you know, you're getting this in mass. Um, I will keep you updated with what I know, but this is what happened, and I don't like to talk about medical things. I don't expect you to, so please don't worry. Please don't get upset. Please don't start calling. Just go about your day. We'll talk later about it. And what was the response?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, because you are the one that is
1: vibrantly living life. Everybody else, I'm sure once they got it, totally freaked out. Well, my son lives here in Virginia, and he's really the number one reason. He and my grandson, who I moved here, and within the hour, um, he came over with flowers and a garden in and tears, and I thought, no, don't <laughs> do <it." laughs> And he stayed with me the rest of the day, and he hugged me, and he cried, and so, of course, I cried too. But, um, yeah, I just didn't want to trouble anybody with it. But I, and that's why I did it as I did. I mean, and you dropped
0: a bomb on me while we were talking off camera. <laughs> and I do, I, <laughs> tongue tied, because I can't believe, you, you're so calm, you're so vibrant in the moment to know that
1: on Wednesday,
0: you have surgery.
1: I do, I do. And um, yes, and after surgery, I will have radiation for six weeks, daily at the hospital. Um, I've gone through chemo for six months. It didn't work. So, oh. yeah. so the, the idea for surgery is to remove the tumor and study it. A group, a group of doctors will study it to see what it is. Why didn't it respond? And uh, what it's made of and what they need to do. And so um, from there, we'll come up with a new plan. But for now, all I know is most likely at the very minimum, Mm -hmm. I will have another year of surgery with a new chemo medicine. That's what I know. What is the hardest part of this experience for you? The time that it takes to be at the doctor, at the hospital, (laughs) at the clinic, at the technician. That is what makes me mad. I'm not kidding. I don't have time. my I life see. my life is outdoors riding my bicycle it's taking my dogs for a hike going on hikes traveling and you know playing racquetball i was stuck in these clinics and these facilities that's what makes me mad about this Seriously. Yeah, I see. I see. So, you know, my my little motto became, well, I don't know where the nearest dog park is or the racquetball court is or the hiking trails are, but I do know all the clinics, all the hospitals, and all the technicians in this area. So that's what angers me. (laughs) What has been the easiest part? Oh my gosh. So the support and the love, and I'm and I, and kind of getting a little emotional here because I didn't expect that. I mean, of course I expected my friends and family, but the amount, the amount that came my way was so overwhelming, I didn't know what to do with it. It was such, it was like a full-time job mm. to respond to everybody and have to keep people at bay because they all wanted to come visit. Mm-hmm and all the flowers, and the fruit baskets, and the cars and the shawls, and everything that came was just so overwhelmingly beautiful Mm -hmm. that I decided I wanted to write a scrapbook, put a scrapbook together, write a journal about it. Not about how sad I was or how scared I was. Because because you're not at all. Exactly. It was about I wanted to document everything I was getting from everybody because I wanted to read it later, and I wanted to tell them, thank you, later. So how thick is that scrapbook so far? Oh my gosh, I've got a box, because it's not just notes about what everyone said to me, Mm -hmm. it's also photos. Every technician, (laughs) every doctor, every nurse, I've taken a photo with them because they're part of my journey. Mm -hmm. And um, I was hospitalized for a week during Valentine's, so my son spent Valentine's with me, dressed in a shirt with red hearts and, you know, the, the big stuffed animals, and we watched our favorite TV show together. Um, and uh, I went back two days after I left the hospital and I brought these beautiful flowers, flower arrangements for all the nurses because they've been so kind to me, like really sweet and kind. And their job is so nasty. You know, I'm an engineer, I work with computers, and, and having to smell my own gunk It was nasty, and having someone else who doesn't know me have to smell me and my stuff, and just stand there and be okay with it. And you know, I was there for five days. I lost about 10 or so pounds, and I didn't get out of that bed except to use the bathroom. And finally, I think the fifth day, I was feeling better. And I know that because I woke up, and I said, God, something stinks in here. What is it? And I realized it was me. You know, and I needed to shower. And I knew then I was feeling better. I just met you. But the first thing (laughs) off of your tongue is all of the great things
0: that this experience has brought into your life.
1: Yes, it's it's funny. It's crazy funny because, again, I came here for a new life, which is all about my family. Just spend time with my family, which I've been doing and I've loved every minute of it. Um, But since then, you know, I don't have hair, and I had beautiful long hair, Mm -hmm. and I thought that's what made me, you know, sexy and beautiful and cute. And so, people come up to me and tell me, like, oh, you look so beautiful. Wow, you have a great-shaped head. Oh my gosh, you have the spirit. And that's been kind of like, really? (laughs) (laughs) And um, so, one of my experiences was I was at Historic Occoquan. Okay, And I was shopping at a store, one of my favorite stores, called So Bohemian. And I got this outfit there. Yeah. And Natalie will be really happy to know <laughs> that I <laughs> mentioned her. She's the owner. And so um, she asked me, and this is in the winter, mind you, so I was wearing a beanie. And she said, I love your spirit. And you wear my clothes so well. I would like for you to be a model and model my clothing. I thought she was kidding. And I said, you know... I- I'm a little older than you might think, and you probably want the young, you know, cute girls Mm -hmm. with hair." And I did this. I said, I have no hair. And she said, I want real people. So that started, and I did, you know, a modeling session with a few of her outfits Um, at my company the other day. We had a big company party thing. I was asked to be interviewed and about my employment there, which has been 22 years. Um, that was fun too. So now you, I'm here, and I never planned <laughs> to be on TV. I'm an engineer. I'm behind the computer. So, uh. so this this is crazy how my life is changing. Coming here after this, you know. So, how do we bottle up this authentic? <laughs>
0: positivity, (laughs) even in a time of trouble and trauma. How do we bottle that up
1: and teach it to others? Um, I mean, I can't say because I didn't plan to feel this way about it. I didn't plan to act this way about it. It really is just me. And, you know, even if I wanted to, I probably couldn't be boohooing about it. You know, I've never been that pity party person. I've always been what people think I'm a survivor. And and you don't know how many times in the last, what, seven months, I've heard how strong I am. I literally said, I am going to tattoo strong across my forehead because that's what I hear from everybody. You got this girl. You're so strong. You're the strongest person I know. You're going to kill it. So I think that's just... I'm just being me, continuing right. to be me. Because I was going to say, when they give you those labels, what does that mean to you? Oh, the strong labels? I mean, I I, I already knew that. So, <laughs> but I just didn't expect to hear that during this time. You know, and, and it just, it's like, wow, okay. Then I've got to live up to that. I can't start crying now, because then I'm going to disappoint my fan club. <laughs> so I just had to stay strong. But the truth is that, it really hasn't been all that bad. The time that it takes to do the chemo and the doctors and this and that, that's Mm -hmm. what's annoying, seriously annoying. Um, I just don't have time. I have a million things on my plate I had already. So to add all this, that was my biggest problem. So, but the actual, the side effects, um, the discomforts, the pain, yeah, I was there, but it wasn't horrible. It really wasn't. So, if you want to look at it like, you know, um, yeah, you know, when you get a cold, your your nose hurts, your throat hurts. Okay, this is just something else. Don't think of cancer. The word cancer is so scary. Mm -hmm. So, just look at what's really happening. Okay, so I have a pain here. Okay, so I'm nauseated there. Okay, so I've got to go to the bathroom five times here. You know, just do it, but don't dwell on it. Because I was going to say, let's speak into a talk about people's fear for a second.
0: Because, personal experience, I've had two friends that were diagnosed with cancer, one with lymphoma, one with leukemia. Neither of them accepted or sought any medical attention. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Fear. that's That's my assessment of it. But they just accepted the diagnosis, told the doctor that gave them a diagnosis they would just, um, one told, didn't tell the truth, said well I'm going to go home where my family can help take care of me. Mm. And then the other one just outright honestly told the doctor look, I'm not going through all of that so let's just figure out how to make me comfortable through these last
1: years. Oh my gosh, well <clears throat> of course there have been moments that I've been afraid. And mostly because I have three kids and a grandson and I want to see them and I rescue dogs. So I have four and my mother is 85 with Alzheimer's so I take care of her. So my fear is who's going to do all that and I want to continue living. So what do I need to do? Um, the medical doctors, of course, did you know, talked about chemo and this and that, which is the norm. But I had also a tremendous amount of people offering all these different alternatives. And the only reason, and I appreciated all that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I totally appreciated it, but there were so many opinions and so many, re- you know, just thoughts of try this and try that. I didn't have time to study all of that and then decide. You know, different cancers require different treatments, right. and everyone's chiming in with what they know because they're a friend, they're a co et cetera. Um, I just didn't have time to study all of it. Mine was very aggressive when I found out it was stage three and grade three. Wow. So I needed to do something quickly. Um, and that's why I went with the chemo.
0: What would you say to someone who has received a diagnosis, but has decided not to pursue any type of treatment?
1: Get your paperwork in order. Get your stuff together because, you know, uh, I love how you just accept whatever <laughs> is
0: and it just roll with it. You didn't launch into telling them, no, that's not the way. You should try and hold on to life. You should try and choose a treatment.
1: There are people here who love you. You accept, if that's the decision that yeah. t- if that's what they decided, wow. then, then do what you've got to do. I personally, I'm sort of OCD, mm-hmm. and I've got all my stuff, da, 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 my files and all everything archived. So for me, um, I have some, say, photo books that I haven't done yet because of trips that I've taken, and that's my plan, but I've been busy. So I worry at night, like, okay, I need to finish those photo books just in case because I, I cannot leave anything hanging. So that's my biggest fear, if I'm going to go, to go before I have everything lined up. So my thought to someone who's made that decision, and I can respect that they don't want to go through all that, then whatever affairs you have, get them in order. Your 401k, your retirement plan, your your life insurance for your kids, get it all in order then. (laughs) 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 And I've got mine in order, so. (laughs) Just accept. What else can you do? Really, what else can you do? I did not expect this because. Not
0: try to change their mind. Not try to, as some say, educate them on other alternatives. I'm
1: guessing when they made that decision they've already done that. They've already talked to their loved ones, they've already researched and they've already made that decision for their own reasons. So of course if it's someone I love and know, I might say, No, 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 I can't let you go. But if it's you know, if they've decided then 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 get your stuff straight so that, you know, you don't know who's gonna go through your stuff, right? So get it all straight and cleaned up and <laughs> don't leave that burden to someone else. That's my, that's my advice. (laughs) That's my advice. What are you most looking forward to? Just life in general. Oh my gosh, well travel for one. Um, And I love to, and I want to see other countries, other cultures, other people, other foods. And my plan really was to go to India and Africa and all this stuff, it really was. Yeah, and then, cause I work from home, I can go anywhere, take my little laptop, and voila. So I was just going to go and live, you know, three months here and six months there. And then this happened. So now I'm stuck in Virginia for a while having to take care of this. But as soon as it's done, my daughters and I have a plan that uh, we're going to go probably to Peru. There's a huge mountain there Mm -hmm. that you can hike. And at the top of this mountain, there are these capsules that are hanging on the side of the mountain and that's your hotel room, and that's the restaurant, and you can see the mountains. So we're gonna hike it and then stay there, and that's gonna be our little adventure to say, yay, I made it (laughs) Do we have a date pitch for this trip? As soon as I'm done with all this mess, yes,
0: yeah. A mere inconvenience. It really is,
1: (laughs) it really is.
0: That is marvelous, that is marvelous that you have such a zest for life and activity and being involved in the moment that not even the biggest trauma, I mean, some people just go into tears at just the word
1: cancer. Yeah, and and the only thing that brings tears to my eyes is when I think that uh, I can't be there for my kids to help them Uh, With something, or see them grow older. Um, I've lived. I've lived a lot, really. I've done a lot of fun, adventurous stuff. Um, You know, I can't. I'm not going to go to my grave and or my deathbed and say, "Oh my gosh, I didn't do this and I didn't do that." No, there's more I want to do. Mm -hmm. But I've done plenty. I mean, bungee jumping and you know, flying out of an airplane. I've done stuff, so I can't say that I haven't lived. You know, Um, so that's not my fear. At 82, when you look back on this little phase of your life,
0: what do you think you're going to think of it or say? I'm going to laugh at
1: it (laughs) and say, I beat you. (laughs) And I'll still be wearing red high heel shoes and dancing. Really? Yes. (laughs) At 82? Yes. I'm part Hispanic. Yes. We don't stop dancing. (laughs) High heel shoes. Yes. You know, that's just, that's in your mind. I want to chase down that bus, (laughs) yeah. You want to chase down. Yeah I want to still be doing the things that I do now. And really and truly you can't because you tell yourself you're too old for it. People tell me all the time, stop, remember your age, you know. I I just took my grandson to one of those trampoline places and we jump around and you know, we do all that kind of fun stuff, yeah. And people said that to you? Oh yeah, like, remember your age. I was like, I know, I know my age. And, and, how do and we... I can still do it, if I can, why not? If my body can still let allow me to do that, why not? What are not? some of the things that you're active in and they tell you,
0: remember your age?
1: Well, for example, that, going to some to, to uh, rock climbing or um, bungee jumping or, you know, just things like that. I take my dogs out to the woods all the time and I go running with them. You know, I play racquetball, which is, you know, it's not extreme, but I do, um, uh, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm losing my train of thought here. Not skiing, snowboarding, you know, I go with my kids. We went in December. I couldn't snowboard and I was angry because I planned that trip. There were 22 of us and I planned that trip to Pennsylvania and I couldn't do it because I just had my metaport put in Mm -hmm. two days before and I struggled with the doctor, I fought with the doctor to let him let me wait till I got back and he said your cancer is so aggressive we need to get you on this now in fact you shouldn't go on that trip and get started and I said no my family is coming from all over the country I am not gonna miss that trip the most I will do for you, (laughs) for you. (laughs) I will go ahead and get this started and then I won't go snowboarding, but I'm going on that trip. So the day after we got back, I was having my first chemo, so. For people that say chemo is
0: exhausting and not the treatment isn't worth it, that they would skip it versus going through the side effects.
1: I would have skipped it had I known then that it wasn't gonna work for me. Because that six months of my life that was wasted in those rooms, okay? I would have skipped it for that reason. Um, I don't think it was horrible. I don't think it was that painful. The side effects were random and occasional. And it depending depends on the medicine that you were taking. You either were nauseated, diarrhea, um, a little bit of pain, a little bit of cramping. Mm-hmm. I had all of that, but a little bit of everything buffet style, not every day, not for long periods of time.
0: At any time during the six months did the doctor ever say to you,
1: I don't understand this, it isn't reacting to the medicine? No, they didn't know it wasn't reacting. They did not want to test me during. They wanted to wait till the treatment was complete. And because of how they saw me, I was feeling good, I was active. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They thought, like me, that it was working, just peachy. In fact, I planned and I went out the last day of chemo with a girlfriend to some nice event, you know, some wine tasting thing, it was all women, and I was going to celebrate, I'm done and I'm done, and then I find out, no, you're not done, (laughs) you're nowhere done, it didn't work. So it was kind of sad to learn that, mostly because it was a waste of my time. But the actual um, discomfort mm-hmm. wasn't horrible. It really wasn't.
0: Talk to the person that feels as if this is some sort of cosmic punishment for them.
1: Oh, that was me too. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm I, I'm not picking up any of that at all. Well, because um, you know, I, I do try to lead a good life. You know, I work, pay my taxes, take care of my kids, my, you know, rescue dogs, my mom's with me. I'm friendly to whomever and I help whomever, often them before me kind of thing. Okay. So when that happened, I thought, why me? Why me? I'm, I'm, I'm helpful to animals, to friends, to family. Why me? And I'm not even feeling sick. How is this even possible? So I did get to that point of, it must have been something I did really wrong sometime and I'm getting punished now. And part of that could be I'm a Catholic. <laughs> we live yeah. in guilt. We live in suffering. <laughs> yeah, yeah, reason. we do. Yeah. And so, um, and I even thought, I go to church every Sunday. I put money in the box. So why me? Um, so you do get there. I-, I got there. How did you get out of there? Um, you know, I just had to remind myself who I am. I know. There was look at your life. What have you done wrong that you deserve this? And and then I thought, well, maybe in another life, maybe I was really awful in another (laughs) life, because you do wonder, especially when you're not feeling sick. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was active, extremely active and traveling up until the day of, so it was a shocker. And that's why I had to find out, well, if it's not me ill, I never got ill, I never went to the doctor, I never took any medicine, then it's gotta be something bizarre. And that's why I thought, well, maybe it was just something I did wrong somewhere along the way. So I got to thinking about that, and I even got to the point of, you know, one of those silly nights where you're by yourself and you're boohooing, because, you know, I did have a few nights of mm-hmm. boohooing, and I thought, well, maybe, you know, the what is it, the 12-step program when you're an alcoholic yes. or you have, you have to make amends with people, mm-hmm. and I just really thought about blasting on Facebook. If any of you have hurt, damaged, done something wrong, please let me know now so I can fix it, because I'm going through this, and I am trying to find out Why? What did I do? And again, as an engineer, my job is to solve, solve the puzzle, solve the mystery. And I know that's just my job, but I do that in real life as well. So I really wanted to know who did I hurt, what did I do wrong, so I can then understand this. But, you know, when you hear about so many people who get cancer, two-year-olds, nine-year-olds, men, women, good, bad, then you really know it's random. And, and I asked the doctor, you know, how did I get this cancer? He said, if I knew that, I'd be on the cover of a magazine. I don't know, because we don't know. <laughs> and he said, it's nothing that you did wrong. Nothing that you did wrong. If you'd had a, one less glass of wine, it wouldn't have helped. If you had eaten this, it wouldn't have helped. It's nothing that you did wrong. So don't blame yourself. Don't think that way. So, OK. Never blame yourself and never think that way. Life
0: is random. What happens to you is not your fault. However, how you react to and handle what you go through is all up to you. I'm Anita, your host. Be sure to check out thatanitalive.com AnitaLive.com for where and when to see our next episode.